Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you this day for sending your Son, Lord, to dwell in and amongst your people. We would ask this day that as we gather together around your word, that you would break it small, fit for our consumption. In your name we pray this. Amen. If you have brought your Bible along with you or you are following along on your phone or in the bulletin or however you choose, I would invite you to turn to Colossians chapter 1. The Apostle Paul writes this morning and says, And you, who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he is now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. Faithfulness is easy in the absence of temptation. As the Apostle Paul writes, and he begins by saying, you who were once alienated, you were separated, you were set off, you did not have a place because you had become an outsider. And actually the word hostile is better translated as hateful. You who were hateful against God in your mind. He has reconciled you in his body of flesh. Despite the evil deeds that you have done, despite the baggage that you bring to the table, despite every reason why we do not deserve God's grace, he says, I give you my body of flesh. I make you a part of myself so that you might stand holy and blameless on the day of judgment. Faithfulness is easy in the absence of temptation. It's easy to be able to say, you know, I'm not tempted to eat cake when there is no cake. It's really easy to feel like, man, I really succeeded today in not gossiping when you don't work with anybody. And then we check the box for the day and we go, that's it, I did my job, I was faithful. But we live in a world where we have options presented to us on every front. It is easier now for a young man, and I would even say a young woman, to access pornography than it ever has been before. You used to have to work for it. And I don't mean that facetiously. I mean that as in, like, now all they got to do is pull up their phone, and there it is. 
But see, if we lived in a world without options, we would also live without freedom. God has not only given us the free will to decide between obedience and rebellion, but as the Apostle Paul writes today, he also gives us himself that enables us to abide in obedience, to abide in faithfulness. That living in Christ and Christ in you goes hand in hand with how we are able to be faithful. And so he says, you were once alienated, you were once hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, but now you are no longer. Rather, you have been brought close. We lived like a house of cards, hoping and praying that the wind wouldn't blow and the earth wouldn't shake. And we lived in fear for when it did. But instead, he says, reconciled in Christ, our purpose, our reason for why we exist shifts. While our foundation never will. I went to get a haircut yesterday, and I asked Mr. James Dean for a recommendation on where to go. He said, you got to go visit my friend. He does good work. I said, perfect. So I walked in, and I explained how I had come to his shop, and that I had the honor of working with Natalie, James's wife. She's our preschool director here at Anchor and explained that I was the pastor for Beautiful Savior. And then he looked at me and he says, is that why you got the whole John the Baptist thing going on? (laughs) He says, we're going to make you look like a whole new man. See, our bodies are broken and our flesh is weak. And so by the death of his own flesh, Christ gives us a new body. See, in the Old Testament, the way that this was said was that God would carve out the heart of stone within you and actually give you a heart of flesh instead. He would cut out your heart and give you his. But instead, Jesus takes this even further and says, I'm not just going to give you a new heart. I'm not going to just replace your transmission and rebuild your motor. I'm going to give you a whole new car. You get a car. You get a car. You get a car. Whole new body. And it's going to look like me. I have this huge scar on my back. And it's a good reminder to me of where my limits lie because sometimes I decide I want to push myself beyond where I know I should. 
Probably not a good thing to be out shoveling the whole driveway when I could have helped to do that. And even though there has been healing, the scar still reminds. Each week, we gather together as the body of Christ and we confess together our sins and we hear the words of forgiveness spoken over them. And in doing so, Christ says, I'm giving you a new body. You get a new beginning because of my death and my life. You now have life too. But everywhere we go and all of the brokenness that we have brought with us, there are still scars that remind us of the baggage that we bring to the table. See, grace wipes the slate clean in our relationship with God, but we still reconcile with one another. Asking for forgiveness does not change the hurt that has been caused. The trust that needs to be rekindled and rebuilt. But nonetheless, we are different. Paul goes on and says, Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. Which is an amazing thing to say because this man used to be the cause of their sufferings. His job was to persecute the church and now he says, I rejoice in my sufferings. No longer in yours no longer in the pain that I've caused you, no longer because it makes me feel fulfilled, but instead I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. And I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, the church. See, for Paul, this extra yoke has been placed upon his shoulders as he has been called into ministry. He says, I bear all of those things with you, and I rejoice in my sufferings for the opportunity to suffer for the sake of Christ, not only on your behalf, but also beside you. Because the mystery that was once hidden, he says, for ages and generations has now been revealed to his saints. This mystery of God is revealed through his word and witnessed through his living in our flesh. The way that he comes to us and he says, take, eat, this is my body, take, drink, this is my blood. But he doesn't just do it and say, well, here's the self-serve. You just, you take this home and you take it when you feel like it's convenient. And says, he goes, you know what, I'm going to wreck your weekend. You can't go out of town because you've got to be in worship on Sunday. Because if you're not here, we miss you. 
And I'm going to make it so that you come together, you gather around the same table in the same place, not as individual members, but instead as one collective body, a community gathered together in my name. And then I'm going to feed you. I'm going to give you my word. And then I'm going to give you my body and my blood. But see, the challenges of maintaining interest in ministry are exhausting. And it's easier to slip into the comforts of the old Adam, where we are hostile angry why do I gotta get up why do I gotta be here and man I can't believe that I'm supposed to forgive this guy we were once alienated toward God then it is to remain steadfast and upright to be holy and blameless and above reproach And yet Paul says, this is the whole reason why he has been made a minister. According to the stewardship from God, he says, given to me for you. Not so that I could keep it for myself, not so that I am saved, but instead so that in this gift, I now have a responsibility to pour it back out for you. We are called to do life together. We face quandaries. We wrestle with the notion of, well, if I serve, am I enabling? If I feed this hungry beggar am I enabling him an unhealthy behavior by giving him something that wasn't earned am I reducing him as a human am I inhibiting him from having the drive and we have all of these things that we run through in our head Versus at the same time we go, but we're both created equal. Both of our bodies have needs. I wonder what his day's been like. Man, it feels good to sit. Does he have a family? I wonder what my family's doing. And see, the difference in the questioning suddenly becomes something where we're not talking about someone who is alienated, but instead we're talking about someone who has been brought near and someone who we are in life together with. Paul ends our reading today. And he says, for this, and the reason that he gives is in the verse that precedes, he says, For this, that we may present everyone mature in Christ, I toil. Struggling with all his energy 
that he powerfully works within me. In other words, we lean on Christ and let him do the heavy lifting for these works of faith. That doesn't mean that we just get to stand by and not do anything, but instead we trust God and know that He is a part of where we already are. That we don't have to die for anyone because Christ already did. To take peace and knowing that we don't have the power to save anyone but Christ does. And that when we don't have the energy to serve, to give, or to be holy and blameless and upright and above reproach, that instead, because Christ in us lives and breathes and speaks, that He gives it. So that God always gets the glory, now and forevermore. Amen.